Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles. And you're not going to distract me, Jimmy, with all of your shenanigans over there behind the mic. shenanigans? How old are you? I'm old. You know what? You are so old. I'm old, fella. This is Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. We figured out how old you are. You did not even know about the Goonies and... No, first of all, no, no, no. You, you, you remembered this wrong. No, the I Goonies is correctly. actually my generation. No, you are too young no, for the you Goonies. You are too old. You're not remembering it right. You've lost you it. Gave, you got all timers. Let's, let me let me break it down for you. We we were Jimmy and I argue seventy five percent of the time. Okay, but because I'm usually seventy five percent right. Yeah, I think that on has average been proven to be no, false for real. So on, but we were on talking average. Eighty percent of the time, I'm right seventy five percent. Okay, so I have a, a solid decade or more on Jimmy because you're old. Yes, continue right. and. Um, for whatever reason, I yelled out, hey, you guys. And I was and like. And then you're like, hey, who knows this? I who got knows the reference. This? And then he's like, Goonies. And yeah, like, well, Goonies. Sloth. No. Yeah, sloth. Of course, yes. I know that Sloth says it. But it's a reference to the electric company's mm-hmm. opening, okay, uh, which is a PBS show. I used to watch it when I was a kid. You were too young to remember that. Along with what? Like Howdy Doody? Is that the other uh, one? No, Howdy Doody's a little bit before my time. No, no, that's your time. No, right? no, it, I, they I didn't show you, reruns. No, but I they hear show, you humming it every once in a while. No, I don't even know the song. Come on, don't, I don't lie. I don't. I don't know the song. It's howdy doody time. It's howdy doody time. Blah, blah. I don't know. I was watching Back How to the Future. How do you know about it? I was it? watching Back to the Future last night. Oh, my night. gosh. Part two. So we were arguing, and uh, I, we, we, I think we were both kind of right, really. No, 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 no. no, no. Stop no right okay, there. fine. Then you were wrong, and I was right. No, no. And Pat go. confirmed. You, you, Pastor Pat no, confirmed. No, no. You need to uh, tell the whole story. So then, hold on. Yeah. Uh, you go, well, that's not what I'm talking about. No one thinks of Goonies when Okay, when okay. You use you're that. right, you're right, you're right. No one thinks of Goonies. I go, yes. When, no, I, I, go, I said, no, when you hear, when, when you put out, hey, you guys, everybody knows that's the electric company. Yeah, and, and I you said, said, no. No, I said, Goonies. no. Uh, it is a cultural, like, it's a cultural thing. When people hear that, they think of Goonies. And then you told me to do what? I said, Google it. All right, so that Cause, I Because I knew, I was confident I that I was going to be vindicated. Hey, you guys. I put it in quotes and right. just hit enter. And you said, what's the first thing that pops up? And what was the first thing that popped up? It was the Goonies. Uh, now, hold on. Let's continue. What was the second thing that popped up? I, I think it was the Goonies. Third yeah. thing? I'm pretty How sure about the, this? The first three pages. The, no, the first page. The, no, 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 no. The first page. After the second page, I think it had some other stuff on it. No, no. It. Come sure. on now. Don't lie. Either way, I was right. You were yet right. Again. You were absolutely right. Yet you again. have so, your yeah, finger my, on so, the pulse of the culture. And you should have had on the Bible a little bit more, but yeah, still, you are it's no good. longer relevant. I know. That we, we did figure this out. I am an old, irrelevant person. And which, irreverent. So. Back to your question of how my week was. Yeah, how was it? Uh, great since today. Yeah, that, that, that's that the highlight made, of your week. That was the, that's the highlight of my month right there. Yeah. How about of, you? How's your week been? Grandma's yeah. home. Yep, grandma's home. Uh, family's doing all right. Uh, been busy. Um, I'm, I've been in a mood today because... No, uh, not you. Yeah. <laughs> not you. I yeah. woke up this morning after yeah. seeing some things on Facebook, and I thought to myself before coming to the office, that JoJo is going to be triggered. And were you triggered? I might have been triggered. Why don't you explain? Just you give well, very general. Okay, very in general. general, there's a bunch of white racist people on Facebook. No, 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 no. That is no? not it. That is 
Oh. No, 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 How no. should I say it? Th- okay, not that. On Facebook, there tends to be a pool of ignorance. No. A pooling, no, no, there is, there is a no, general pooling of ignorance. No. It all kind of settles there. No. You don't say that. You can't say that. Okay. There, there, mean, was, a, there was an uncharitable interaction okay. Be- okay. Be- between a number of people. Between a number of people. On my wall. And, but you were also part of that. But I was not uncharitable. Do you you might have been. No. You might have been a no. little bit. Now, on Twitter, I was direct. No, on Twitter, you was, were downright. I was right on. No, you were. D- on Twitter, I said, <laughs> I said, most racists don't know they're racist. That's true. Okay, but you're also. Okay, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental here, but. Yeah, I don't know. You were a little bit of no, a man. You Okay, you guys go and, and read it. Read, look on my wall. I put up a, a quote just to kind of get things, you know, just to, just to see what people thought. You know, I wasn't thinking it would even be anything. I thought I'd get some yeah. likes from here, it. Okay, here's the thing. And this is, this is something you got maybe hear about Joe here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys in on a little secret. Uh, everything annoys Joe. Now, everyone knows that. that that's the truth. Every, everything annoys Joe. Like 90, not everything, but like 96% okay. of things. 96% of things annoys Joe. Uh, when Joe acts like he's mad... He's really just faking it. There's yep. a rare, there are I'm rare. That's pretty good insight. Yeah. There is a rare time where Joe is actually mad. Uh, he's just playing around, goofing around. He's just, just keeping the conversation going. But there are two things <laughs> that actually trigger the angry dwarf. And today the angry dwarf was triggered. And racism is one of those. And I think, I, I, honestly, now I'm going to, uh, I, I admire that about Joe. Uh, one that he doesn't take himself too seriously, but he does take God seriously and injustice seriously, whether it's white, black, a child or an adult. Um, but I knew when I was on my way to the office, Jojo was going to be in his little mood and a little funk and he was going to be no fun, fun. All right. Well, once we went and got sushi, got the whole staff, then got sushi, we I was fine. Then you were that. fine. Because maybe, also, then maybe you weren't triggered. Maybe you're just hangry. I was hangry, but, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so okay, so uh, got some uh, racist talk, which upset me. Got sushi. That was good. And sushi was good. Got a lot done today. And now, and now, we're smoking cigars that were sent to us as a gift yes. by Alexi Dolotov. Bam! Alexi is just a friend. You know, we, we became friends online a while back. A few years ago, and uh, he's a hip hop artist. You can go to uh, Dolotov Hip Hop. Yeah, I baptized him. You I love the not. Lord. No, uh, that's definitely not I true. Think, yeah, no. We t- uh, I, how I, do you spell his last name? You know what? I don't want to throw ahead. him out there like that. Uh-huh. I don't want to throw him out there like can that. Can you spell your last name? Yeah, I don't want to throw me out there like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. So I, I ministered to him. Well, he said, hey, guys, I thought he was joking. He said something about sending us cigars so we could pray over him because yeah. we made that joke on the podcast. Because we made that joke, Benny Hinn. And then uh, he, sent us, he sent us a note and saying, hey, would you pray over these cigars? <laughs> it was a bunch of great cigars. Yeah, but he was joking. But then he did say a few things yeah. that were. He's a good brother, man. If you good. like hip hop, uh, check him out. We'll link him into the. We'll link him in the show notes. It's going to be good. Bam. So, Joe, we have you. You're you're out of your funk. I'm out of my funk. I'm feeling good. We've got our cigars. Yep. Yeah, um, it's good. And we're ready to go. Let's do it. What so, are we talking about? Well, we're going to be talking today about worship. Ah. 
Now, when we think of worship, we think of three different spheres of worship. Yeah. We think of corporate, we think of private, we think of family. Yeah. But I think for tonight, let's narrow that focus. Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. In fact, we want to do one on family worship and you know, we've And kinda, the private, we kind of did the private, yeah, but we, that always comes ex- up. Yeah. We're going to expand that a little bit more later on. So for this, uh, for this one, why don't we talk about corporate worship? I love corporate worship. You, yeah, and I know you do. Uh, but you do too. I mean, like we all, people at Redeemer, they're serious about their corporate worship mm-hmm. because we really love the fog machines, the lasers. <laughs> I love when I'm allowed to. We don't even call them fog machines anymore. We just call them now batzigs. Batzigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's how we. It's how we know the Holy Spirit's in the room is when we yeah. can feel the cold presence and you can see the fog moving exactly. As the spirit like, moves. Oh, through. the spirit's yeah. moving in the room today, and I got my banner and I'm, my flag and I'm waving it. So before we get into, um, or as we're getting into the serious talk about worship, um, let's let's try and, and define before we get to corporate worship what worship really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about worship, what what comes to mind? Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with uh, the adoration and reverence of God. That's good. I mean, I I, I don't know what else to add to that uh, other than the focus. Um, of one's affections mm. in response to the person and work of Christ. Yeah, that's really good, man. I like that. I nailed that. The uh, the word worship actually comes from an old English word, worthship, and it meant, it meant to ascribe worth and honor yeah. to the Lord. Um, and it's you know it's this idea of Psalm twenty nine two, ascribe to the Lord the glory do His name. It's exactly what you're talking about. Worship is. Worship, and it is. Uh, I, I think I think about it in terms of uh, seeing. This is a, like a John Piper line from one of his books, but it's like seeing and savoring. Yeah. Like our, now here, hold on. Can you do the hand motions at the same time? You gotta do it like that. Oh, ready? Go. I can't do it. You could do it. I want me to try. Yeah. Right, go. Here go. It's like seeing and savoring Jesus. Wow. Okay. That, really that look. I, I was just staring at Piper. Right I didn't there. move my hands. Um, so it was, you know, it's, it's, it's seen in, in savoring our triune God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's understanding and exulting in him. And I think that's important that you said the, our, our triune God. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, maybe not oftentimes, but we, there's, uh, a possibility of error when we focus on one. And I think you see that in different tribes. Um, and I know we joke about like the Holy Spirit thing, but you know, there are, there are some tribes that will focus on that one aspect uh, of the triune God. Uh, and I think we need to make sure that as we're worshiping, we're, we're, we're the complete who God is as father, son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think Justin, uh, Justin Taylor and I talked about this a while ago. Justin Taylor being, he is, uh, some guy at Crossway Publishers. Gotcha. (laughs) He's a friend of mine. He's the, I don't know what his title is. He's one of the big, big guys up there. Yeah. What a name. Uh, but Justin, everybody knows if they're listening to the podcast, they know who Justin Taylor is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but Justin is a, is a friend of mine and he, um, we, we were talking about, uh, the different tribes and how some will say, well, it's all about Jesus, right? That was a big Mars Hill thing for a long time. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. And and I'm very sympathetic to that idea. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, we can say it's all about Jesus, but our God is triune. That's and right. so we cannot neglect Father or Holy Spirit. Uh, exactly. Cannot neglect Son for Holy Spirit. Uh, we really need to have a, a fully orbed understanding of 
of all three because our understanding of God, our knowledge of God, that's really what salvation is, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's, the, it's not just an intellectual comprehension of who God is and what God has done, but it is an intimate knowledge of God, a relational knowledge of God, a saving knowledge of God. And if we're going to know him, then we need to know him as he truly is. And so worship is very much a reflecting of who God is, a rejoicing in who God is. Um, uh, like you said, an adoration, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is to like, think about it. You adore your children. Yeah. You adore your wife. You can just stare and marvel at the gift that they are. Yeah. And it's even more so with the Lord. You know, we marvel. And sometimes it leads us to shouts of joy. And other times it leads us to profound silence. Yeah. And uh, and meditation, and I mean, I think we 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 worship all the time, mm-hmm. right? And I think, like, I mean, you think about right now, football season's happening. We worship uh, during those events, or as we're watching on TV, um, or we're listening on the radio. However, you're going to uh, enjoy it. Uh, we worship as uh, we go about through our through our days, right? Like. Uh, Paul talks about that, whether you eat or drink, do everything to the glory of God. So you can worship the Lord in all lawful things that yes. we do. But I, but I think what I'm trying to really get at is that what we, everything that we are doing is an act of worship in some way. Am I wrong? Am I right? But I know we're talking mainly about corporate worship today, but I'm just talking yeah, about... Yeah, well, I think if we're, if we're speaking in general, everything can be an act of worship. Mm-hmm. I don't know that everything inherently is... And if we say that it is, we might have to say then that then we are constantly shifting between idols and the Lord, because there are times when I am not worshiping the Lord. He does not have my attention nor my Mm -hmm. affection. I'm giving it to something else. I am merely enjoying a gift and I'm and I am ignoring him or I am abusing a Mm -hmm. gift. So I don't I don't know that I would say that we are always worshiping the Lord, Mm -hmm. but I would say that all of life should be uh, a continual an act of an, a, a continual act. What's the uh, Romans that's a fair, twelve? That's a, yeah, that's a fair distinction. Roman twelve's the Romans twelve idea, I think, uh, speaks to that quite a bit. So, I mean, so we're not saying that you know it's only worship when you're at the church on Sunday. That's not what we're saying. No. Uh, we understand that worship is huge and it is holistic in that's many right. ways. But there are different kinds, like Jimmy said, corporate, private, and family. Uh, and we want to dial in on this idea of corporate worship. So, how would you define corporate worship? Corporate worship. We really need to start preparing for these. <laughs> no, I think cool. I think I think, right. I think it's a good flow. All right, we, people like it when we just talk. Um, corporate worship is the is a local congregation assembled on the Lord's Day under the Word of God and the sacraments of God, um, and in that context, they pray and sing and testify and take up an offering. Um, now that word is read and mm-hmm. preached. So all of those basic elements that constitute what the corporate gathering is supposed to look like, all of that happens. So yeah, I, I think I would say that it is the, the local church gathered together on the Lord's day under word and sacrament. It's the simplest way that I would put it. I like that. Well, let's start first then. Uh, let's dissect that just briefly. Uh, the local church, right? Uh, now, what about those that do online church? You always go to online church because I maybe I have an axe to grind. I'm I'm, I'm willing to say that, but you you are you are annoyed by so many things. But I'm only I'm only angry about a few. So <laughs> is this one of them? This is this, this is okay. I'm probably annoyed by a lot more. Um, 
but yeah, like what what about online? What about those that only listen to a podcast of of yeah. someone's sermons, right? Like so like everything can be an act of worship, you know, mm-hmm. if it's lawful and done for the glory of God. But I would say that corporate worship necessitates a community good governed yes. by biblical offices, elders, and uh, the administration of the word and sacraments. So uh, I, I, I don't think it, it, it's corporate worship outside of that formal community and the God-given structure that he has put in place. Now, I think things like online church, and let's just say what it is, it's just a, street, a live video stream yeah. of a corporate worship service. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think those are good things, especially for people that are sick, can't get, you know, they're out of town, maybe they're shut-ins, yeah. and they're just like, man, I wish I could be in my church. So yeah, there, there are... There's uses. There's uses for it, uh, but now what if you are... For, so there's uses for it if you are providentially hindered, but now if you're just lazy... Yeah, well, that's, you know, I th- then I would say the, the real issue there is getting to the heart of worship, you know, going back to the big idea and drilling down into what it means for God himself to have captured your heart in such a way that you mm-hmm. want to obey him and worship him in the ways that he has prescribed. And cor- corporate worship is one of those primary ways mm-hmm. that he has prescribed us um, to, to worship him. Well, it's, it's, it's something that he delights in, something that he, that, that he is pleased with. So it's important to be part of a local assembly where there is the uh, the prescribed offices, right? Is that the word you used? Yeah. Uh, for the church, where there's accountability, there's community, um, and there's that mutual edification and encouragement uh, of the body. Yeah. So what about now, next you said, on the Lord's Day? I don't, we're not going to spend too much time on this one, but... Well, the Lord's Day... Um is the first day of the week. The first day of the week in Scripture um, after Christ's resurrection is suddenly called the Lord's Day. That's mm-hmm. Jesus' day. He owns that day. Um, he always owned all of it, but now having risen from the dead and conquered death, uh, that's his day. And um, that's when the church began to really gather and um, celebrate the resurrection, worship and sing together, take up offerings and mm-hmm. and all of those things. And the reason I the reason one of the reasons I think this is so important, like this idea of corporate yeah. worship, is because it is maybe the primary means, or at least one of the primary means. But I'm I'm tempted to say the primary means by which disciples are made. So, so I don't I don't no, I don't think you I think you have to do it. In additionally, in the context of relationships and community and mm-hmm, mentoring mm-hmm. and coaching and all of that and service. But um, I think corporate worship is absolutely critical because this is where uh, the scriptures are read aloud and followers of Christ begin to have a broader understanding mm-hmm. of the whole counsel of God. It's where the scriptures are taught so they get a better understanding of who God is and what he has done and who they are and what God wants from them and for them. And it also teaches them hermeneutics, how to study and, and interpret scripture, because as they're sitting under the preaching of the word, they're getting this this big picture uh, of, of how the mm-hmm. word of God is to be read and applied. They are praying together and being taught how to pray. They are singing together and they are learning songs of praise. They're learning how to respond. They're, yeah, they're learning how to respond. They're, they're learning how to give. Yeah. I mean, all of that is like, it is joyful and triumphant. I, I think it can be deeply convicting and you can be filled with sorrow for your own sins. But it is like boot camp training. It is intense training for discipleship. I think it's, I think it's really important because of that. So um, our sponsor is audible.com. And uh, 
listeners of Doctrine and Devotion uh, can get a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial if you check out their service. So if you're, if you're not familiar with Audible, I'm sure you are. I know some of you have already signed up for this. We can Thank see you. that you've done that. That's awesome. It's one way that you can support uh, the show. Um, so you go there, you sign up, it doesn't cost you anything. You can cancel it at any time, but during that first 30 days, you get a free book. So you download Damn. whatever book you want. Uh, you know, lately we've been pushing the institutes of the Christian religion. It's 50 something hours of 67. Someone 60, was yeah, complaining of, of beautiful devotional, theologically rich theology. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, you can get that for free and then you can cancel the service if you're not interested in keeping it and you keep the book. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you can keep the service going. It's not that expensive. And man, you can just, you can start taking in books when you're driving or working out or mm-hmm. going for a walk or whatever. So to download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine. If you go today, no, there's nothing special. But if you go, <laughs> if you go, uh, it will help us. Way to set so, up. I'm, I, even I was uh, sitting there like, what, what, what happens what's if they the, go what's to the new thing? No, audibletrial.com slash doctrine. You'll get your free audiobook. Okay, good. And you talked about uh, before, uh, you going back, I guess, to your, your definition of corporate worship, uh, the local church on the Lord's Day under word and sacrament. So what are those principles that govern uh, Redeemer Fellowship's worship? Well, yeah, you've been here long enough. You know what these are. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that... Um, and actually, we, this is one of the things that drew me. Yeah. Like, I had I had uh, listened, you know, to sermons online. I had read um, The Statement of Faith. I had actually... I read your book uh, to try to get a feel. I met with you, uh, and I talked with others that, that knew me and knew of you. Um, but it wasn't until I came to my first... Uh, nine o'clock service. The show we like to call it. When I came to the big show, the big show. When I came to the big show, um, that I knew this, this is where I I need to be, and my family needs to be. You saw that. Um, you saw the worship leader in the skinny jeans, and you saw me pull out that stool to sit on, and you were like, "I was like, yeah, let's do this fireside chat. This let's is, do it hard. It's gonna be good." Well, no, actually, when we planted Redeemer. Uh, I met weekly with our worship leaders, and we built from the ground up our own perspective on on corporate worship in our context. So we didn't invent our own perspective on worship or corporate worship. That, for us, is determined by Scripture and reflected mm-hmm. in uh, the 1689 Baptist Confession. However, uh, the principles that guide us in developing uh, the culture of our worship, uh, we boiled it down to about like, as you know, about six things. Um, that is that our corporate worship must always be uh, Christocentric mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, it's got to be biblical, theological. We want it to be understandable, experiential, and we want it to be as free from distraction as is possible. Okay, so let's go through those. So uh, Christ-centered, right? So it's it's not just this uh, abstract thought, right? Like we're not just gathering together just just saying, you know, God, you know, we're not just saying you or he or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, we are worshiping the triune God. We are worshiping uh, our great God, our great Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're looking to respond uh, to the, the, the good news of the gospel, that yeah. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection um, 
And so it's, it's centered on that. It's centered on who Jesus is and what he has done. Yeah, we want really like every part of the worship to in some way lead us to Jesus. Mm. Now, sometimes that's preparatory. Um, sometimes it's, it's subtle. And sometimes it's, you know, baseball bat to the head, you know, obvious. Um, but yeah, Christocentric. We, I mean, so yeah, like you said, triune, like we, 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 we work. And we can always do better, of course, in all yeah. of this. But we work at, at giving a picture of our triune God with the goal of making Christ very clear so that people can respond uh, in faith and repentance. And so there's, it, we want it to be Christocentric, but we also want it to be uh, biblical. Mm. And that doesn't just mean that we use biblical language. Um, it, this really gets Thou's, to, they's. Right. Uh, thy's. Thy's. We use they's. Thy's, though. You said thousand days. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I said it so, wrong. Yeah. It's fine. Um, whatever, dude. Thanks for calling me out. Well, I'm not going to miss the opportunity. <laughs> Come on. Mr. Uh, hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we say that we want our worship um, to be biblical, we mean that um, we, we want to make sure that everything that we do as those primary elements of corporate worship mm-hmm. is determined by Scripture. Uh, it must be prescribed for us to do on the Lord's Day as we gather, or we don't do it. And, you know, in the Reformed tradition, we call this the regulative principle. Bam. And um, there's, there's debate about what this looks like and how it works. Even uh, among those that, it, that follow it, right? right. Like there's, yeah. there's a wide spectrum of, of how that is adhered to. There's a very wide spectrum in this narrow view called the regulative principle. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so, yeah, there are guys that would say, uh, no, regulative principle. We only sing songs that you can find in the Scripture. Like in the Psalms? Yep, we bust out the Psalter. That's it. Um, and then there are other guys who would say, on the other end of the spectrum, who would say, well, man, I mean, uh, it, like we, can, uh, we can do songs and, and hymns and spiritual songs, and you know, uh, we, can have, we can even have stage lighting and you know, drop the lights and, and put the, the, the focus on the stage and, and stuff like that. Whereas, so trying to create a mood. They want to create a mood, but most in the Reformed tradition tend to lean the other way, simple, clear, uh, biblically governed, uh, not a lot of frills. So we, we really wanted it to be a basic, right? Um, scripture, prayer, song, offering, sacraments, things like that. Where does Furtick lie on that spectrum? Uh, he's not on that spectrum. He's not? No. He is on a completely different spectrum. The regulative principle spectrum? Yeah. He's not on that. He would be the normative principle. Ooh, so why don't you explain that? One? Well, the normative principle is different from the regulative principle. The regulative principle teaches that you can only include in corporate worship what the scripture prescribes as an essential element. There are some things that are indifferent mm-hmm. or accidental is the word that is oftentimes used. So whether you use pew, pews or chairs, not an issue. Um, whether it's inside or outside, not an issue. Um, but there are certain things that must be there. So what you consider to be constituent elements that make it what it is, that has to be determined by Scripture. Regulative principle. The normative principle is more the Lutheran idea, not the Reformed idea, uh, which is, uh, yes, we include all those things that are biblical, and if Scripture does not directly say you can't do it, and if it's not unwise, then you can include it. They can go for it. So there's a lot more freedom to include uh, things that are not prescribed in Scripture in corporate worship, things like interpretive dance or drama, um, stuff like that. You just made the most sour face I've seen you make in a long time. You know what? It's never good. The <laughs> drama is. I have no, dude. I saw it. It was so good. You just you've been going to the wrong places. 
And now that I say it, I know people that listening that. <laughs> oh yeah, see, yeah, you're in trouble now, son. I'm in trouble. All right. Yeah, I, I listen. I went. I remember, as a new Christian, I went to a big church because mm-hmm. uh, a, a a pastor or an author was going to be there preaching. I was like, oh, I want to hear this guy. I like this guy. And I showed up, and it was the first time I saw a skit uh, or drama done in church. And I'm not. I didn't know what the regulative principle was. Mm-hmm. Nobody was. Ta- and I just was so put off by it. it. Just was like, what are we? Why are what we going on? Why are we pre- play pretending? Like, why are we playing house up there? I just didn't. It didn't help me. Um, but. Then again, you know, not everyone likes the things that we like. Like they don't like the Bible. Or, <laughs> like <laughs> I know I'm being really uncharitable there, so that's a joke, so, everyone. Right, that is so, a joke. So third, third. Yeah. Let's move on before Christocentric, biblical, and theological. Right. Uh, so I think everything uh, that we're doing is is an act of worship of our triune God, and we're we're proclaiming Him, and we're uh, calling each other to to obey him and i think i think you've said this before in the past i've heard you say it a number of times uh that theology is the lifeblood of worship so how we worship is is a response to what we believe or yeah who we believe god is right hi i like i I really like what you just said there how how we worship is determined by who we worship that's it yeah that's good and so write that down oh i'm gonna write that down that's a good one trademark yeah, so every every everything there we should be able to explain the truth of scripture mm-hmm. and all of those major things that we are doing and we should always work to make God clear. And That's that right. gets to um the next principle here uh which is that we want our worship to be understandable or comprehensible. So we we're going to exalt so we're going to use the message. We are not. But um we're going to we're going to exalt Christ. Uh we want to be um, you know, biblical and theological, but it has to be understandable. Otherwise, we're really confusing people. Yeah. We're not helping people. And I'm not saying we don't use theological terms and words or complex ideas. We do. But as pastors and, and, and shepherds uh, in the church, we have to make sure that we are doing um, a good job at making these ideas not palatable, mm-hmm. but comprehensible people need to be able to understand what we mean when we use words like propitiation yeah. or what we're talking about when we encourage uh, uh our members to um share their testimony yeah. with others or to preach the gospel or to evangelize so when there's we, a, there's instruction on why we're doing what we're doing yeah. so that people can fully engage in what we're doing and that was actually another thing that i i really appreciated uh was in our bulletin we have a section. Why do we do that? Yeah. Why do we do responsive readings? Why do we do communion? You know, like what is worship? Yeah, a lot of Christians don't know why we do the things that we do exactly. in corporate worship, and and especially when outsiders are coming in, and we're constantly sharing the gospel and mm-hmm. inviting outside with people that are not in the church, and inviting people to come in, and we, we want them to know kind of what we're doing. So we even explain we're doing the, the offering, we're explaining the offering, exactly. and, uh, communion. We explain communion, communion. We go into depth on that. So even uh, the worship leader, as we're preparing to do uh, responsive reading. Yep. will will also kind of give a quick why we're doing it and mm-hmm. how we do it together. Right. So people don't feel left out. Well, let's let's talk about the liturgy in a little bit here because oh, okay, that'll right. that'll be that'll be fun. I know we actually get a lot of requests for um 
for information on our liturgy and, and how we work it. So All right, so you said it's got to be understandable. Yeah. Next, I think, it, it as you mentioned before, it has to be experiential. Yes. It, it can't just leave us in the same place we were at when we entered through those doors. You know, as we leave, it, there should be some sort of, I mean, maybe I'm not using the right terminology here, but like almost like a call to action. There should be something that, that is spurred, or, uh, yeah, spurred up within us to respond to God and what he has done and who he is. Um, and it's not just lip service. Right. It's, it's got to be it's got to be an active participation, not just passively spectating yeah. uh, on a Sunday morning. Right. There's got to be as much participation um, as possible, I feel like, um, even when we're simply hearing the word preached. You know, we are participating, uh, you know, spiritually through meditation. Maybe we're taking notes, yeah. uh, but you know, we're applying it to our lives. And, and by experiential, I think, it, yes, it, it means that there needs to be a call to action. There needs to be a, a transforming work of God in us. And in short, we can say that I think that it worship for it to be healthy and robust it must be felt, yeah, and it must it must lead us in a particular direction, specifically now, in the direction of faith and repentance. Now that's a that's a bad word to a lot of Reformed Baptists or just Baptist or anyone that's not charismatic feel. Yeah, yeah. Only if they're really bad Calvinists, because uh, man, when you read the Puritans, when you when you read the Reformed tradition. Uh, they were big on the feels. Uh, now, the not feels in the feels, not not in the sense that you know secular uh, Western world is, but they were big on affections. You know, the mm-hmm. Puritans uh, were never content with the idea that oh well, you're going to understand the doctrine of justification. Uh, for them, it was important that we understand that the doctrine of justification is useful in our everyday lives in 15 different ways, and then so here are the uses. Um, uh, here are the implications, and, and here's what it should be doing in your heart. This doctrine, this truth, this, this historical event where we see God at work, that should produce something in you in terms of piety, right? Godliness, the life of faith. So yes, we want it to be experiential. We want the people to encounter the truth of God and be changed. That's, that's real big. Lastly, free from distraction. What do you mean by that? I mean... Uh, no, I'm not going to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. No, I, I'm not saying it. No. The idea, the basic idea here is that we want everything in our corporate worship to lead us to the truth of God, to God himself, so that mm-hmm. we can respond in faith and repentance. Um, everybody. And what we want to remove are any of those things that are unnecessarily distracting. Like what? Well, um, no. I, th- I think that depends on the culture. Uh, you know, in some cultures, uh, things aren't not uh, as much of an issue as they are in others. So um, basically, what you have to identify is something that is common in our gathering likely to draw my attention away from the truth that is being presented, or is it going to help me focus on the truth? So I like that. It could be something good. Absolutely. It, it can be something that can be useful, but if it's going to be a distraction, then it has And not to be just removed. a distraction to one person, of course, because yes. I'm distracted by a million different things. Um, Squirrel. You're right. So I, I think that, um, you know, for me... 
the, uh, the, the, the constant moving backgrounds on the screens and the lights changing and the, and the hazers and all of that. For me, it's helpful in creating a mood, but mm. it is not helpful in directing my thoughts and my heart to God. Yeah. For me, it, I, I believe that that is a distraction, an unintended distraction, because it produces feels, but not affection. I like that. Um, so for me, I, I, those things are out. Um, if we find that we're doing something like is, is our habit that that's distracting, we stop doing it. I, one time it was, um, I think people were moving around too much during one part of the service while people were praying. And it was like the people that had to get back up on stage or something. I forget what it was, but we were doing something regularly that wound up being a distraction in the midst of us trying to pray. Yeah. So we just gotta, you gotta make these, these changes. So I would say, um, let's make sure that the things that we include in our corporate worship are pulling our eyes to Christ all along the way. Big thanks to Justin Bond, J Bond Media. J Bond! That's the man that sets us up. He does the engineering mm-hmm. and the editing. He makes us sound good. Uh, this podcast sounds better than all of the other Christian podcasts out there. It really does. It and was I'm not scientifically to be proven. Scientific. It was scientific. It's fact. Fact. I mean, we, people even tell us. They we tell might us. listen. Doesn't mean we're smarter. It doesn't mean we're better, though. But, but, but we are. Yeah. Well, you know, scientifically proven. I, I, I don't want to say that it necessarily means that we're smarter, but we are at least smarter in terms of getting the sound good. Exactly. We're smarter there. But it, actually, it all, all credit goes to Justin because he Justin handles Bond. all of the deets. So big thanks to him. If you have audio, video, photo needs, um, if, you, if you're serious about that, hire J Bond Media. Uh, you're just you're not going to get anything better, and right. um, he's worth it. So big thanks to him. If uh, Jimmy, if, if people want to support the show, uh, what can they do? Yeah, you can leave a review at iTunes, leave your honest five-star feedback. We enjoy reading those and seeing those. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo, as well as uh, Facebook was at slash Doctrine and Devotion. Uh, you could head on over to our website where you can click on the Contact Us page, leave us a comment uh, and with your ideas, your suggestions, your critiques. We actually we receive a lot of emails. Yeah, we do. Um, a lot of uh Instagram messages, a lot of Facebook messages, a lot of Twitter messages, and we try to read through them all, and we try to respond uh, when a response is needed or we're able to give a response. So please continue doing that. Uh, we appreciate that you would take the time to uh, to contact us. Also, tell a friend. Sharing is caring. Let them know the great podcast that is Doctrine and Devotion. That's right. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Check it out. All right. See you for Thursday for part two of Worship. Later. Later.